Movie sequels aren't always evil. Sometimes they're good. Let's talk about it. We'll dig around it and find just why you should. Give it a try. Give it a buy. Give it a review from one to five. Let's find out what sequels to see. Repeat or repeat. National Treasure was released in 2004. And it was rated PG. It spawned one sequel. National Treasure, The Book of Secrets. Or is it National Treasure 2, The Book of Secrets? Just Book of Secrets. Just Book of Secrets. National yeah. Treasure, Book of Secrets. That's better. I'm Josh Billups, and with me today is, you know him, he's the only man who's qualified to talk about anything history, it's Mr. Cody Straley. Hello, glad to be back once more. What's this, my fifth time, sixth time? A lot. A lot. You're like the most frequent, which is good. Sweet. All right, so... We're going to get into these movies today. We're going to find out if I still hate history as much as I did in high school, middle school, and elementary school, or if I think it's neat now because I watched an erratic Nicolas Cage fumble and not get in trouble for any time he breaks the law in three hours of total film, or four hours of total film. Find out today on Reheat or Repeat. All right, so first of all, we're going to get into it. <clears throat> what are your thoughts about what are your connections or thoughts about this franchise, starting out, Mr. Cody? Uh, I mean, as a historian, I'm kind of obligated to watch these movies. I really like the first one. Uh, I watched it several times as a child. The second one, I only recall ever watching once because it wasn't really as different. I like to characterize this franchise as the historian's equivalent to Fast and Furious. I would agree with that. Equally ridiculous, but fun to watch for a certain niche group of people. I've always had a bit of a like. If you like, everyone kind of has those pet peeve movies. This was always one of mine because I was always kind of like, "What's the point?" <laughs> like, oh my gosh, there's history hidden and it's treasure, and I'm like, Conspiracy "Who cares? Theories. You're probably gonna die trying to get to it." Like, I'd rather watch something like Die Hard or some action movie where it's, like, it has stakes and not just trying to find treasure, like um, Blackbeard the Pirate or something. But, you know, I see Nick Cage, and I'm like, why not? But, as we'll see, it's going to get interesting. I'm excited to get into this discussion. I feel like this discussion can go a lot of ways on the actual topic of film as an art form, weirdly. So that would be hmm. interesting. Um, also, let's go over the four categories today. If you're tuning in and you're brand new, we're going to review these two films on a category, on a series of four categories. Character, story, action, and intrigue. Like, how mysterious was the film? How interesting was it? Were the clues neat? Well, we'll talk about all that. That'll be a factor. And we're going to find out which one of these is the best. Was pushing out a sequel pretty fast worth it? Should people still want a third one? What do we think the third one should be? My list. I'll give you my list of movies of movies you should watch over these oh for obvious reasons. Um, so let's get into it. All right. So National Treasure One, released in two thousand four. Um, I feel like this movie has a lot of fans. Uh, surprisingly, yeah. It. I mean, it's. It's a very patriotic movie. Very. It. It appeals to both children and 
adults who are big fans of well, well adults who are amateur history fans it's this is for the kind of people who watch history channel documentaries and that's their study of history they watch like ancient aliens or something uh, more or less. This is before Ancient Aliens, but for some of the documentaries they had in the early 2000s. Yeah. For me, you know, my I grew up, my parents loved these movies. They tried to show me them several times. I rejected them like broccoli on a spoon to a three-year-old <laughs> several times. Not that I have anything against it. It's not like, well, Josh, you don't like a movie unless it's got insane, over-the-top dumbness. Um, incorrect. I like a lot of serious film. But for some reason, we're get into these movies almost ignore their own logic in order to make the plot cohesive. It's like they write mm-hmm. them, they write the plot, and they write themselves into a corner, and they just make it super convenient for the characters to get out of. I can see that. There's a lot of uh, implausibilities in these movies that are result because one character happens to know a certain fact and that helps them find the clue or open the secret door or something like that. Don't even get me started about opening the secret door. <laughs> well, these movies are really reminiscent of the old uh, adventure movies you see in the mid-20th century. Uh, kind of like the Indiana Jones-esque movies, but... But more stakes. In well, that, in I wouldn't this. say more stakes. They have more stakes than this. Indiana Jones has more stakes. Oh, you meant that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate that this movie starts out with a flashback. You don't like flashback beginning movies? Not like this. Oh, we're getting you into know, the story about Those that. generic flashbacks where you have the main character as a little kid then fast forward 30 years later it's where they're an adult they're doing something related to the I just, I, I just find it hard to care yeah I mean it was necessary exposition but it just felt but, kind of but forced. there's the word there exposition. exposition you know how I feel about exposition Mr. Straley it's like my arch nemesis I hate it so I just think they could have easily shown it rather than told it like it's just oh man there's the there's treasure. No, you're dumb. There's What's the not. difference between showing it and telling it? What do you mean? Like, I and mean, what do you mean? What's more interesting? You telling me. Okay, let's say we're watching a movie and it's got Chuck Norris in it. What's more of an interesting opener? Two characters sitting in a bar. Chuck Norris walks in and one guy looks at the other guy and says, See that guy? He's super cool. One time, I watched that guy kill 40 people in two minutes. It was nuts. And the other guy says, really, dude? That's crazy. And they drink their alcohol. Or, would it be more interesting if you saw Chuck Norris walk up and kill 40 people in two minutes and then leave? What's more interesting? I guess the second Hmm? one. Because you showed it and didn't tell it. Exposition is, is telling and not showing. I wish they would have shown some of this espionage of the secret not being real or something at the beginning. I don't know. I, I was just kind of like, why? Yeah, it was a little, a little bad. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the exposition for Thor, the Dark World, was a bit worse. Thor, the Dark World is terrible. You just had Odin talking about some obscure. Gosh, that's all. Lore. All that movie is is talking. The worst exposition I've ever seen for a beginning movie. Super Mario Brothers the movie. <laughs> I love that movie. 
<laughs> Basically, just Luigi says, hey, remember that meteor 65 million years ago that killed the dinosaurs? What if I told you it didn't really kill the dinosaurs, but the meteor actually created a parallel dimension that sent all the dinosaurs there? Gosh, I and that's cannot. It. Gosh, I think it is so. That movie is John Leguizamo as freaking Luigi in that movie. And Bob Hoskins, the guy from Roger Rabbit, is Mario. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. That movie, man, I wish it had a sequel so we could talk about it. But we digress. I love, listen, if you if you want the greatest night of your life, watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. With L- friends. Listen, it's kind of sad alone. Listen, Yoshi's a velociraptor. <laughs> Toad is like a DJ with like a big fro thing. King Koopa is, is is just a guy with a long tongue and weird looking hair. The Goombas all look like the shrunken head guy from Beetlejuice. Listen. Amazing. Um, I wish we were talking about that instead of this. Sorry. But I agree that the exposition see, exposition like that's terrible. Um, then we kind of get started. It's this movie feels like a TV show episode. Do you agree? I can see that. You know, it's almost like, like NCIS. I was going to say CSI. So, And I hate both of those. I'm not... They're cheap. They're poorly written. They're all the same. The acting is This sub-con. even had the speed up. He knew when it would go from character... Like when they, he talks about how, um, how they were going to get the declaration. Or why the declaration is so blocked up. And it shows like... Yes, but yes. everything sped up. That's something you would find in an NCIS episode. And the cheap gunfights. Oh. And, like, in the technology, the way it looks so, like, futuristic and weird, like... And it's 2004, and we still can't do <laughs> half those things? Well, man, in the second one, they're looking at that page on that computer. I'm just like, we don't even have this technology right now. It's terrible. One thing I will say about the story is that I actually think that Nicholas... Like, the actual story is not what I have a big issue with. Like... I think that the plot of, like, this guy's family tried to find this treasure and everyone thinks he's crazy, but he's going to find it no matter what. Like, I think that idea is is pretty creative. And, like, at the beginning of this film, I was, like, kind of excited. I was like, right. I may actually end up liking this. And, but then you get that it's like, there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then they find it, and I was almost hoping that it'd be like, Oh, the map's not really there because that's really dumb. But it was—it was there. Kind of a map. He, of course, Nicholas Cage needs a love interest. He gets with this woman, and she hits it off because it's Nick Cage in the mid two thousands, and he's the hottest thing since sliced bread. You don't like Doctor Abigail Chase? She's not the problem. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is the problem. The fact that the problem is the fact that they 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 shoehorned a love story in this movie. It was the last thing they needed to do. It's it's Stockholm Syndrome. I would have loved it if it was... I mean, oh, I have my problems with Riley. But it would have been so great if it was just Nicolas Cage and and Ben and Riley the whole movie. You think? I would have loved that. Like, them recruiting random people to help them. Like, how they recruit the little little kid. Right. The little kid they kind of pay off to get numbers off Look the guy. Look at the silence do good letters. Mm-hmm. I would have loved it if it was just them paying off random people to help them. Just two guys on an adventure. Like, maybe they split up different things like that that would have been so cool but instead they have to have all the cringy dialogue of nick cage trying to seduce this woman he's a poor romantic in this movie 
I mean, he, he gets her an antique button thing, and then he steals her fingerprints. And... I do. One thing that, that, that I'll say that I, I like, and that I wish they will not expand on this in the third, but I almost wish I could remake this movie. Oh, dear. Because, like, there are scenes in this movie that I think are legitimately great, but they're so out of place in the movie that I hate that they're there. Example, the scene at the dinner party for the... The ne- gala. The gala for the uh, declaration. For, for the National display. Archives. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're displaying it. The scene where he goes up to Abigail and her date and spills that crazy nonsense about how, <laughs> well, the Declaration of Independence was um, actually when they stabbed a bunch of people and they were going to get stabbed if they didn't. He being executed. Yeah, he's like, they were going to get executed if they didn't follow through with the plans, but they did it because they knew what they had to do. It was wrong, but they knew it was right. And he's like going full like crazy Nick Cage, like Wicker Man remake crazy. Can and I... it happens like twice in the movie, and that's it. Yeah, but that's... You, you shouldn't do that if you're trying to be inconspicuous at a But that's the party. thing. is like, it felt so out of place for his character. But yeah. if he would have acted like that the whole movie, it would have been like, it would have been like Ace Ventura does history. And it would have been amazing. Like, that would have been so cool to have like an erratic, spontaneous, almost schizophrenic Nicolas Cage character trying to solve this mission. His, trying to solve this family treasure secret. But he's like kind of a crazy jerk. But instead, he's like halfway suave, but turns on the crazy like once, and it just doesn't work. I mean, they've got to try and make him kind of likable. It is a Disney movie, like, after all. It's like he ad-libbed that scene, and they thought it was so cool they couldn't change it, but the rest of the script didn't match it. I'm not sure he knows much history. Nicholas Cage. I mean, he did own the that copy of the first Superman comic, so that's history. Oh, uh, yeah. Eh. He's a legend. Yeah, going off that... And then they, they do the thing with the declaration, and then it leads them to this thing, and then and then basically, here's how every scene in this movie with a clue goes. Nick Cage finds a clue. He thinks it's it, but then he realizes this isn't it. And then he looks at it a second time, notices one detail's off, changes the detail, and the whole thing opens. I mean, even with the glasses, he uses the glasses twice to look at the decoration, one time with the second layer of scopes, yep. one time without it. And then it works. And just like, like there's never a time in the movie where he gets punished. I mean, would you consider his dad getting kidnapped as part of? Uh, as, as the second. Was that first one? The first one, they kidnapped the dad. The second, second one, they, one, they, kidnapped, they kidnapped the mom. mom. They kidnapped the mom in the second one. Because okay. creativity. Yeah. The the. I'm not trying to hate on these movies. I promise. I'm trying to give them the. the uh, I'm trying to give them their fair due. Now, one thing I'll say that's pretty neat is I think that, as much as I'm not a big fan, I don't think this movie is like super boring. I mean, it's if it's on TV, I'll watch it. It uses all like it uses pretty decent mid two thousands camera tricks. You know, the kind of way they kind of filmed things. Camera right. goes around, it views down a staircase, they're walking up, or you know, it uses decent camera tricks, you know, it's the dialogue is while I have problems with the dialogue <laughs> get into, it at least propels the story. There's not like a ton of there's not a bunch of different side stories. There's one main story always happening. 
these movies don't like the first one doesn't feel like it's an hour and a half it feels like it's like 45 minutes well it's two hours and 10 minutes first of all well it feels much shorter i'll tell you <laughs> it feels insanely short which is a good thing i think that it feels really good um i think that as we keep continuing see i keep going through my notes and i continuously have things in my notes problems like Nobody can aim a gun. It's like everybody's. That was terrible. It's like everybody's a stormtrooper. And how many bullets they wasted? Nick Cage like barely jumps over a grave, and somebody shoots and like misses him. And I'm like, can't one person get shot, please? And every gun has a silencer, so it's it's like a pew, a pew, pew, pew. And I'm like, dude, pull out a pull out a, pull out a, like like a rail gun. <laughs> I mean, I guess this to make it more child friendly but it just came out looking lame it did it's like stormtroopers i'm telling you it's the stormtroopers blasting i think only one person died in the whole movie and it's because he tripped and fell they i put in here that it's decent but it feels like a tv show it really does like yeah yeah i don't feel like they were as out there as they could have been with this concept. It was pretty out there from a historian's point of view. Okay, now here's what I mean. And and this would not have flown because, you know, people, you know, have big respect for the country and they don't want the, they wouldn't want the movie to be about how the country's actually terrible. But what I think would have been interesting, so like take, even though I'm not a big fan of this movie either, take Captain America 2. Best okay. Marvel movie ever. Ah, uh, it's like it's like bottom ten. You bottom, just wait till we do that. Bottom thing. five, actually. Um, mm, shut up. Let me tell you this: Winter Soldier. The one thing I think is an interesting thing they do in that movie. My problems do not lie with the story. Um, I think that it's interesting that they have the whole thing where Shield is actually Hydra, and the whole time you thought they were the good guys, but they're the bad guys. That's how, genius. How crazy would it have been in this movie if the whole thing was about how like. Their question of independence was actually written like as a secret on the back as like a map and it's like a secret letter and we actually belong to like some other country or like like somehow they formed our country on like something insane something that wouldn't be true just like how would the treasure connect to that they'd have to make some crazy plot about how like the founding fathers were actually like evil or something crazy like that would have been super interesting Disney would never have touched that but that would have been an interesting concept if it's already going to be as historically inaccurate as it is push it Sure. Like, push it over the edge. I mean, you could argue the Freemasons, the Knights Templars, were kind of a shadow organization controlling us. I like that they have the the Freemasons in it. That's kind of neat. I mean, it, I like that reveal at the end where the guy has the Freemason ring. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like your get out of jail free card. For that was pretty Gates. neat. I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, it's so cliche, though. I mean, Freemasons are in every other American conspiracy theory. Of course they'd be in this movie. With the treasure from the Knights Templar, another conspiracy theory group. There's one scene in this movie that sums up my entire problem with the story. One scene. Scene at the end with the guy with the ring. So, Nick, they do everything. Agent Sandusky. Agent Sandusky, when he's talking to Ben, at the end of the movie, you know, they, they find the the artifacts and the treasure of all the his lost history and all that in the big room which 
There's no way the room would have been set up like that with that fire in the middle and all no. that. All of that heat and smoke would, would disintegrate everything. All those thousand-year-old scrolls would have crumbled to dust within ten minutes of them lighting that fire. All of it. It would have been... And, and, and of course there are stairs in the room. Like, Very irresponsible. And to have a National Archives archivist in the room and her condone that is just sickening to me, Mr. Billups. Does she condone it or does Nick Cage just do it? I thought he just... Like, no, Abigail is the archivist. I thought like she didn't... Did Nick Cage ask her if he could light the thing or did he just Heck do no, it? Heck no, he just did it. He just set thought, the fire. I thought he just did it. Like when I, when I was first, And that's a big no-no. When I was first watching it, when I honestly thought was happening, he lit it and I was like, is he about to just light the whole room on fire? Just to be like, nobody can ever see this. That, that would have honestly been really cool. I would have really loved that. Ugh. That would have been cool. Just like, him to be like, in that Nick Cage voice, nobody can see this. We have to burn it down. And just burn it. All of it to the ground. That would have been neat. The scrolls from the Library of Alexandria. Gone. Gone. That, that statue of the people. Bl- bluish green alien man with a goatee. I'm not talking about Riley yet. I'm going to talk about Riley. I got gone. Everything gone. That would have been awesome. And then he gets out. The scene I'm talking about. He gets out. And he goes over to Sandusky. And Agent Sandusky is like, you know you're going to jail. And he's like, well, I found this treasure. And he's like, how about I bribe you with $10 billion? And Sandusky kind of laughs. And he sees the Freemason ring. And Sandusky's like, oh, okay. You don't have to go to jail. It's fine. But somebody's got to go to jail, and they arrest the bad guy. That would never happen. That is just... The whole movie is basically... The whole world stops and lets Nick Cage do whatever he wants. Because he basically gets no opposition. I mean, he gets opposition, but not to the level he should get. Does that make sense? Kind of. Like, no one's going to take a bribe like that. I mean, not for... Seeing the Declaration of Independence, especially in a post-9-11 world, that's a big... Exactly. Big no one's going to do that. Um, I believe the part that where they arrest the guy, they know the location is, that's fine. But, like, you get all these weird scenes where Nick Cage will just happen to have this seamless plan that, like, works so perfectly. And, like, one person might go, hey, stop! And then Nick Cage <laughs> runs away. Or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's... It's like he keeps repetitively over and over and over and over and over getting lucky streaks. Oh, this movie is based on luck and coincidences. It's Which is insane. Very implausible. Like, that would never happen. We probably should get into the characters before we ran for another two hours about this story. I agree, Mr. Billups. But basically, at the end, they find the treasure in the cave downstairs and the guy the bad guy's like hey um i'm leaving you're stuck here bye and then nick cage is like actually i know how to get us out of here and then he finds out that there's something in the room that he hits in it he puts i called it from the beginning they found that stupid pipe the charlotte pipe. pipe yeah and i said that thing's gonna be the answer and it was. He puts that thing in the wall, and I was like, of course. That was the dumbest clue ever. I just have to rant for a second. So so this pipe is the first clue to finding the treasure. Yes. But it was in a sunken ship mm-hmm. in the northern Arctic. Yep. So 
Did they sink the ship on purpose to hide the clue there? And if they didn't, why on earth were they carrying the clue up there in the North Arctic? Like, what what, what were they doing with it? Were they going to hide it somewhere? Were they... I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. You're not supposed to get it. This movie is trying to be a dumb action movie, but the problem is it's doing things that you can't be dumb about. None of the clues make any sense. They don't, they don't make sense. That's the thing. It's not like... It's not like when you're watching a movie like... Like seven, with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, when like you kind of see the clues, and man, who's the guy killed next? What's he doing? It's not like even that. It's not like you can follow. It's not like the movie Clue where you're following mysteries. It's literally, oh well, these numbers mean this thing because I found them on this serial number on this thing that I opened with this thing, and I'm like, he doesn't explain the process a lot. I'm just like, dude. Like, I kind of got lost. Like, I was getting lost because I was like... Well, you don't know half the historical figures they mention, I'm sure. Thank you for that. Sorry. Now, this this movie is basically just a whole lot of fan service for armchair historians. So you. I'm not an armchair historian. I'm a real historian. What's an armchair historian? Just, you know, people who read history books for fun or watch history shows for fun. You know, amateur historians. So you citizen historians. So you, except you watch it for fun, and I have a degree in history, Mister Phillips. But you also think it's fun. Oh well, yeah, history can be fun. History Ooh. is fun, people. I tend to disagree, but th- you can have this for this episode. Why? Thank you. <laughs> okay, what do you think about the story in Natural Treasure One? Like the score? Yeah. I mean, it's hokey. It's highly implausible, but I would argue it has a high rewatchability. I mean, it's not an awesome movie, but it's something you can watch when you need to watch something. I would give it a six. I also said a six. Well, how about that? Okay, good. I was wondering if you were going to go like really. I'm not. Once again, do not hate this movie. I think it has good strong points. I just have problems with it. Um. So that's the six. Let's go on to the characters. Okay. What characters do we think are a plus? First of all, start with that. Plus? Who do you like? Gosh. um, I guess Ben Gates kind of has to be a good character. I mean, you got Nicolas Cage, and he kind of carries the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad is kind of good. I mean, he's... He's a dad. He's yeah, fine, though. Yeah. The dad, actually, I like. He's got a good motivational speech at the end. Mm-hmm. The, the dad's character I really enjoy because I feel like the dad's one of the only characters that acts realistic. Like yeah. him and Ben get in arguments. Like he legit has things to say. Like Ben, you're being stupid. This isn't real. And he doesn't sugarcoat it in like a Disney way. He's legit like, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And he looks the part. He acts the part. I like the dad a lot. Abigail's okay. She's just, she's, she's the love interest. I mean, she drives the plot forward. She, she's kind of tacking along the second half. I wish you would have done more. What, what else would you have done, though? Like, I wish there would have been, like, her figure out some of the clues rather than Ben or something like that. I don't think she figured out a single clue. Like, her use her extensive knowledge of literally working where the declaration was. 
I mean, her one big thing was that she was qualified to handle the Declaration of Independence, one of the most fragile documents in the National Archives. And so her response is to take a cup of lemon juice and, and a pull, blow dryer. And, and use that on the Declaration. Just a fun fact. If you had removed that paper from the case, it would have crumbled into dust in your hands within you know, five or ten minutes. Really? Let it, Well, it's very, very, very fragile. What kind of paper is it? I mean, it's parchment, parchment. but it's 300-year-old parchment that was not stored very well for the first 250 years. They have special gases inside the case to keep the material stable. The ink is so faded you can barely read it. If you take it out of the case and sneeze, it'll just explode in your face. <laughs> It is not going to handle Gosh. lemon juice and a blow dryer. I want the footage of you watching this movie with your fists <laughs> clenched and your teeth grinding together. It's just... With a vein popped on your neck about to lose it. It's just an archivist's worst nightmare. I Gosh. put that in my notes. Look, archivist's nightmare. It's so funny that they treat all of these documents in this movie like they're playthings. I mean, the so glasses. Funny. He just... He just treats him like a, like he's like a spy like kids, like a viewfinder, yeah, like it's spy kids or something. Like it's absolutely insane. Ugh. Oh, we're good. It's nuts. Ugh. Okay, Dad's good. The villain, whatever. Ian is just bad because he's bad. Very generic. I mean, he... I don't really get his point. He doesn't have one. He's Did just he? a rich, middle-aged white guy who hires some shady gunmen. Him and Ben were cool at first, but then not cool. It's weird. I mean... Just, just, uh, he, he's not creative in the least bit. No. Just your generic uh, gang leader. Well, not, not really a gang, but, you know... a leader of a shady armed group who wants money and i'm and i'm sorry abigail fine she's cool wish we would have done more but she's charismatic enough the dad's great ian's whatever cool riley and let me tell you why i think riley is grading like what he, is wrong with him what is you gonna have what you think is right with him uh, probably not but here's what's wrong he does not have a single moment in this movie where he is not cracking a joke. I mean, he's he always, the comic relief. But but that's the thing, is that a comic relief character is interesting when they actually have a good moment. An example. My favorite comedy of all time is UHF, Weird Al Yankovic's film. Sure. Michael Richards, who played Kramer and Seinfeld, plays Stanley Spadowski in the movie. He is a he's a janitor who is very erratic and very crazy not very bright who is the comic relief character you know he fumbles around he is annoying he makes funny jokes right but he has a scene where Weird Al's character of George is burnt out because he made a TV station and it's the ratings are plummeting and so he's really depressed about it and so Weird Al goes to the bar and says I'm going to start drinking and he says to Stanley he says hey Stan Spadowski Michael Richards just take the show do whatever you want with it so he does, and he does his own thing. He's got his mop. While Weird Al's at the bar, he looks up at the TV, 
and there's Stanley Spadowski, and he gives this big speech about how when he was eight, he got this mop. And sometimes in life, you know, things get dirty. But you know when that happens, you just got to suck it up and clean it up. Because these floors are dirty as heck, and you got to clean them up. And it's like a beautiful speech. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll put audio in here of the speech. But it's like a beautiful speech that, that Michael Richards gives. And it's the one time in the movie his character isn't comic relief. But that one moment makes you actually care about his character. Because you see, like, what he's about. You see his motivations. Even though he's a stupid, annoying character, you know, he knows... What matters? He knows that sometimes in life you got to put things to the grindstone and grind for it, like and that's or a mop what, for it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what convinces you know George to go back and do the station. This is my new mop, George, my friend. He gave me this mop. It's a pretty good mop. It's not as good as my first mop. I miss my first mop, but this is still a good mop. Sometimes you just have to take what life gives you, because life is like a mop. And sometimes life gets full of dirt and crud and bugs and hairballs and stuff. You 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 gotta clean it out. You 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 gotta put it in here and rinse it off and start all over again. And and sometimes sometimes life sticks to the floor so bad. You know, a mop a mop is not good enough. It's not good enough. You you gotta get down there like with a toothbrush, you know. And you gotta you gotta really scrub. You gotta. Not, you gotta get it off. You gotta really try to get it off. But if that doesn't work, that doesn't work so Riley does not have a moment like that anytime you think like in the when they find the big room and he looks at that statue I really expected him to like have a moment where he was like oh man this is my favorite historical figure but he's like Green dude with goatee. Like, so ignorant. And then and then when, when she's like, are you crying? And he's like, stares. I hated that. <laughs> because his character had such an interesting opportunity. Like, this could have been such a cool movie where, where, where Ben was, like, training Riley to, like, take over, like... Take over what? Take over his adventurous side. Like, and National Treasure 2 could have been Riley finding something and Ben helping him instead of the opposite. Yeah. But instead... All Riley does is be smart and crack jokes. And it, it's annoying. This movie shouldn't have a lot of comic relief, in my opinion. This movie should be serious. I mean, it's a Disney movie. They try and throw in everything. Romance, comedy, no. action, drama. And I hate that. I really do. Because this movie, on its own, could have been really... Not that we were gritty, but it could have been very grounded and interesting. Kind of like The Da Vinci Code. Have you seen The Da Vinci Code with Tom Hanks? I've read the book. How do you feel about it? Gosh, awful, garbage, pedestrian literature. I mean, what I've seen of the movie was pretty comparable to this. Now, I haven't seen the whole movie, so I'm not going to comment. But parts I've seen, it's like this except serious. And I like the tone. I wish this followed that tone. Not this is saying... like the kid-friendly Da Vinci Code. Yes. And I, I don't get it. It's Disney. You don't have to get it. I know. It's too formulaic. I'm sorry that I hate this. <laughs> what about the characters? What are we going to give them? Um, I mean, none of them are too distinguished. I'm only going to give it a five.
I'm yep. going to give it a five and a half. And here's why. I had that number picked out. Here's why. I think the thing that bumps it up a little bit is the fact that at least Nick Cage gets room to kind of be Nick Cagey. And I think the dad's really good. And I think that the dad, Ben, and Riley. All, ben, and, ben and Riley have good chemistry. They really, truly do. They do. They have good chemistry. Riley's a terribly written character, but his chemistry with him is great. But let me say this. Actually, I might say a five because let me say this. The dialogue in this movie is very simple. Like, it's very... Too simple. It's too... It's not clever. It's things people would never say to each other in real life. And it's just kind of hokey, too. You notice every time he says something remotely patriotic, you just have the same inspirational music play in the background? Yeah. Just comes out of nowhere. It's like people forgot that, like, oh, oh my gosh, what is that? Is that an eagle? Or 55 men signed this piece of paper. And just... Stars and fireworks explode behind Nick Cage's head. I mean, it's like diehard patriotic kitsch. Just bleh. It is. Not saying anything against the country. Not saying that at all. Or Republicans. No, I'm, no. I'm independent. Yeah, nothing about that. It's just the fact that this movie almost panders with this patriotism. I feel like this movie could be described as one of those Facebook memes shared by a guy <laughs> that has like an American eagle <laughs> and a flag and a machine gun in it. That's kind of true. I mean, they love their country. So you're five and a half? Five. I'm, so that's, no, five and a half. I'm sitting five and a half. So that's 5.25. 5. 5.25. Yes, sir. Action. I mean, the chase scene in D.C. is kind of neat. Yeah, that, the chase And the chasing cool. of Philadelphia is kind of neat. I think that them actually like finding the cave at the end is pretty neat. I remember liking the yeah. cave part as a kid, and I still like because it, it feels serious. It feels gritty. It feels real. I don't care for this scene now because there's no way all that wood and rope in there would still be safe to use. Okay, yeah, it was kind of unstable, but it would have been probably a lot more unstable okay, than I it did, actually was. I did think it was kind of cringy when like the guy falls through the wood, and you just see him fall and indefinitely <laughs> fall. What should have happened is you should have fallen and hit like spikes or something, but they're not going to do that. Should have heard at least a thump. That, I mean, how deep that would have been that? graphic. So I get why they didn't do that. And there's no way that elevator would have worked. I don't know, Cody. A 250-year-old elevator. Cody, the elevator was perfectly sound. It should have completely worked. I'm just kidding. <sighs> Good. Good. <laughs> no, it was ridiculous. It's like... I'm trying to think of how to exactly describe it. It's like the world in this movie was made so Nick Cage could do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I felt like a lot of scenes were like going through a ride at Disney World. You know, one of those very interactive rides, like where you're part of the adventure or whatever. It's like the writers sat down and they said, here's what happens in the movie. We know Nick Cage wants the treasure. We know he gets it. And he never breaks the laws of physics. Make the world let him get the treasure. Prove me wrong. They formed the world around the scenario and not the scenario around the world. 
Yeah, that bothers me. Me too. Oh, good. There's no stakes. It's it. it there's, there's nothing. You know he's gonna find it because he's Nick Cage. And it'd be a crappy Disney movie if they didn't find exactly. it. Exactly. Huh. So you score for action. Are we? That was quick. I mean, <laughs> is there any much more action? There's two gunfights, a dramatic elevator scene, and he jumps in water for a few minutes. Maybe we're just using this to come, to give more points in between the first and the second. Um, action. I do think that while the action is kind of hokey, I do think it's kind of interesting. There's car chases, there's all that. But I think that at the core, it feels good when they're doing action. Like, it does feel pretty good. If there wasn't the action, it'd be a much more boring movie. All right, when they're driving around and they're going from this place and they're in the car and they're with the driver and all that stuff. They're kind of going from place to place and all that. Things are happening when they... I'm trying to think. There's a scene where they get in the car with a weird driver, isn't there? Weird driver? Are they getting like a cab or something? No. Okay. They get in their own car. That's what it is. <laughs> I couldn't... I forgot who was driving. Like, that scene's pretty good when they're doing like the car chase, but the car chases are just car chases. They're not like... They're very generic car chases. It'd be actually like a six. What do you think? It's going to seven. Be generous. Okay, so we'll call it a six and a half, I guess. Very well. Now our final category, it's kind of the, the wild card of this episode, is intrigue. Elaborate. On the movie or the category? Elaborate on the category. Intrigue is how interesting is the movie. Are you watching this movie going, what's going to happen next? Oh my gosh, what are they doing? What's Nick Cage going to do? Or are you watching this movie going, whatever, just do the thing? I mean, the first time I ever watched it, I guess I was thinking, what's going to happen next? I mean, I did feel like, first half, I felt the intrigue. I mean, Second half, I was like, I mean, let me say this. It's You know they're going to find the treasure, so there's not much of a big intrigue over that. I think the biggest form of intrigue would be the clues. Like, what clue? What, what does each clue mean? Or what does it lead to next? Or how do they decipher it and all that? I think that's the biggest mystery part of the movie. Because you know they're going to find the treasure, and the bad guy's going to go to jail or get his head cut off. Yeah. It's hard to have intrigue when it feels like they're just going to get away with everything. Right. They stole the Declaration of Independence. And got away with it. Even Lemon handled it. A-E-F-G-L-O-R-V-Y Anagrams being listed. Okay. Top results. A glove fry, a very golf, Fargo Levy, uh, gravy flow, Valley Frog, also uh, Ago Fly Rev, uh, Grove Fly, uh, R Fly Gov, Air of Fly Gov, Elf Gov Ray. It's Valley Forge. Valley Forge. I don't have that on my computer. It's Valley Forge. You pressed the nl twice. Valley Forge was a turning point in the American Revolution. Can I marry your brain? 
we saw it happen. But I'm still kind of like, they, they literally took it with them. <laughs> they lemon handled it. I wonder if, like, the FBI watched this movie for training purposes to kind of know how to prevent this from happening. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> They're not prepared in any way if they did that. There's no intrigue when a plot point like this is predestined to happen. When you know he's going to get that treasure, the way he gets there is kind of pointless. I mean, the clues were fine, stupid, but fun. They were fine, yeah. Oh man, this leads to this, and we got to go in the decoration. We got to go to Philadelphia, and we got to go to the... Magic glasses. Yeah, we got to go to the Liberty Bell or whatever is in Philadelphia and all that fine but we know you're gonna win you're basically playing this game on god mode like we know what you're doing nick cage right but parts of it are interesting i mean i do think that them taking the decoration is kind of fun trying to figure out how to do it and then them actually the finding the city of gold part not city of gold gosh i'm getting ahead of myself spoilers finding the room with all the artifacts I mean, it's interesting. It was fun to look at, sort of. I don't like the fact that they randomly find it because of the, the boat. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But I'm glad they didn't really explain how they found the boat because I feel like that would have been way too much. It was already two stuff. hours, but it, was, it goes by fast. I'm going to be generous. I give the intrigue like a seven. Really that much? I'm being I'm generous. What do you think? I'll give it a six. Okay. So six and a half for the intrigue. Yeah. I just think that this movie could have been more if it took risks and it doesn't, and that's fine. The, I, I mean, think I think this movie's okay. My honest, like if I were to give this movie a one to ten on the Josh scale, it's six. Hundred percent it's a six. I mean, Disney played the movie really safe. They didn't make it too edgy, they didn't make it too boring. They just kind of they took an old formula that worked for them in the past and did it with this it wasn't a very high stakes movie in terms of their box office um goals i mean it wasn't a huge success it wasn't a huge success but it wasn't a flop either it was just kind of a middle of the road movie you know you make some money it's not huge it's not terrible it's just a movie just a movie i feel the same way okay tally us up okay 22.5 out of 40 22.4 4 out of 40 Wait, wait, wait. 24.25. 24.25 out of 40. So a little bit above average. Yeah, I mean, it's not an F, but it's not not huge. My average is a 5, so that's a little above average. But then, Disney said, hey, you know what we still love? America. And, and we money. also love the other countries as well, to a certain extent. So let's make National Treasure 2. Book of Secrets. Opening thoughts about this film. If there was going to be any movie in our podcast series that was a true repeat, it would be this movie. You're already thinking it's worse, aren't you? I mean, I wouldn't say it's worse. It's just the same. The plot is very similar. Very, many events in the movie are very similar. It just... It's like they took the same story and they kind of rearranged a couple of the cards. This movie begins in one of my most least favorite ways any kind of film could start. A flashback? 
besides the flashback. The flashback, I don't care about as much as this. Start into the last movie. They got the money. Nick Cage gets the girl. He gets the big house. Riley gets a fancy car. He drives away. Yeah. Movie starts. Nick Cage's girlfriend kicks him out. How Nick Cage did not claim the house is beyond me. Well, I think it's harder when you when you. I don't think they were ever married, and it's they harder were. to split things when you're when you. There's no divorce to do. It's his house. He's the one that found it. He's the one credited. He didn't give her credit. I mean, it was gentlemanly of him to give her the house or let her have the house. I don't know how it worked out. It's none of our business. Then Riley is banged. He, oh, well, I lost it all the money. His whole 1%. And I'm just like... Yeah, that was kind of dumb. And it's just dumb because I would have loved to see this movie start with them still having all the money. I would have loved to see how they would have yeah. continued that. Like, he's got the money, but there's something out there, and he uses his money to kind of afford certain ways to do things. He uses his money to actually make the plot make sense. You know, you can do things when you pay off people rather than get lucky. Yeah. But they didn't do that. Let's start with the story. Okay. Um. Wow. So. Yeah. His ancestor... Mr. Gates' ancestor, Ben Gates' ancestor, Thomas Gates. Hey, you got it right. Apparently, and 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 let me make sure that the people hear this. Apparently, he helped the death of Abraham Lincoln. That was a terribly written sentence. That was a spoken sentence. That's a terribly written plot point in this movie, <laughs> Cody. Do you realize so, that they made the plot point in this movie? He's trying to stop people from thinking his ancestor helped John Wilkes Booth kill Abraham Lincoln. Look, would you want your ancestor to have helped kill Abraham Lincoln? Does it matter? I mean, I wouldn't sleep all at night. I'd go to bed every night thinking, oh my gosh, my family ruins the country. Why are we here? Not really, I wouldn't do that. But see, that's such an that's such a sequel plot. It's so coincidental. Like their family just happens to be there the day Lincoln got shot, and they happen to also be in talks with the treasure in the previous film. These people have interesting lives. I mean, it's, one family can only do so much in history. This is just too much. Pick one. Don't do not do everything. And then, of course, Nick Cage and that woman, they get back together. Yeah, their relationship is kind of a repeat of the first movie. They start off not liking each other, then they gradually like each other, just, just like the first movie. And by movie. the end, they're back. In the same house. <sighs> Why? You know, just to have some unnecessary tension. Good, because the plot surely doesn't get any attention. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's a book that a president had that might prove that Thomas Gates didn't help John Wilkes Booth. Actually, it didn't at all. Yeah. It had a single letter that was a clue to the next the treasure. The City of Gold. So here... Cibola. So Nicholas Cage decides 
the writers of this movie decide how do we get more insane than the last movie what's the one thing you can do that's worse than stealing the Declaration of Independence we steal the president for like 10 minutes listen listen the plot of this movie on the back of the box there should have been no write up and in big letters said <laughs> this time he captures the dang president I think the whole kidnapping thing was a bit of an exaggeration so he may or may not have locked him in a room for 10 minutes but I, w- I wouldn't call that kidnapping they're just having a private conversation the you president know. the dialogue the president says in this movie is so cringe. He's su- he's such a vanilla president. He literally like does his thing, and he's like, "Now, now, now Nick Cage, um, I really liked you in Ghost Rider, <laughs> so I'm gonna be nice, man. Adaptation, dude, you killed it in that movie. Raising Arizona, dude, your filmography is pretty great. I mean, you made the Wicker Man remake, and it's kind of terrible, but I'll forgive you for that one. So here's what I'm gonna do, Nick Cage. I'm the president. Here's what I'm gonna say to you. I'm gonna say." Seven four nine six five. <laughs> I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna tell you the book. It's real. I'm not gonna help you get it because I'm the president. Also, eight six seven five four three two two one. I'm not telling the people you didn't kidnap me. Have fun. So stupid. The book exists. Where is it? Well, where else to keep a book? In the Library of Congress. X, Y, 2, 3, 4, 7, 8, 6. Thank you, sir. You'll also need to know 3, 7, 9, 4. Got it. And Gates. Sir? 200 people know you held me against my will. I can't tell them why. Unless you find what you're looking for, you'll be charged with kidnapping the president. You know what that means. Yes, sir. That actually made it past a script draft. Cody, that (laughs) made it into the final movie. He is a bad president. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, couldn't he have just gone and got the book himself and found the page they're looking for and take a picture and send him the picture and he, he why let up, him scroll through that whole he reads up, book? he reads off the coordinates and of course they're coming to get nick cage and of course the book's not really there but oh wait it really is there and i'm just like oh everything has oh. a secret compartment that desk having the secret compartments the bookshelf like, the there's like the desk rock walls everything everything looks like a mansion scooby-doo where you press something, you press a, you pull back a statue, and a whole wall opens, and I'm like, that, that those things don't exist. They don't exist at all. It's a bad thing. Once again, the world was made for Nick Cage in this movie. It was crafted around the story. You know, we don't even know the president's name. I'd go by Mr. President. Exactly. The thing is that. You can't, like, you know, the movie also, the movie's called The Book of Secrets. The Book of Secrets doesn't get mentioned until 35 minutes into the film. And you only see it for, like, five minutes. Should have been called The City of Gold. Uh, maybe? Oh, it sounds a little too obvious. Should have been called 
National Treasure 2. America. Maybe. National Treasure 2. Hey, guys. I'm going to steal the president. I'm trying to think of a better name, but I really can't. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe that's why they called it Book of Secrets. Why didn't they call it International Treasure? I mean, the time they spend in Europe is like 20, 30 minutes. And even then, it's not very The time this movie spent boring. not knowing what it wanted to do was 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, even the treasure, they try to find something even better than a Freemason treasure. They find a Native American lost city of gold. I feel like that was their attempt at diversity, maybe. Diversity. You know, quote-unquote diversity. <sighs> you know, I mean, it was the white guys who knew where the city was, and they built all these clues, and they hid the treasure and everything. But it's diversity because it's Native Americans treasure I don't get it here's one and I'm thinking how to word this I feel like the ultimate analogy to how Nick Cage gets away with everything so being the religious person I am as am I mm -hmm. there are some things in my life will happen that are quote unquote coincidental that I think happen because God wants a certain thing to happen maybe I was supposed to, I don't know, not that this really happened, but maybe I was supposed to pass a test or something, and that test would lead me to do something, and instead I overslept or something, or something happened where I was sick. You know, sure. Class would randomly get canceled. That happened a couple times in college. It's like, you know, God has a plan laid out. God can fix things in a path to make, you know, God's will happens. That's what he, happens to Nick Cage. Like, are you saying that God directed Nicolas Cage? I'm saying that's what it seems like, which makes the plot uninteresting. Well, that's the one thing that, like, it, the movie feels like. Like, it feels like the only way these people acted like this is if it was all for a divine purpose. <laughs> and it was not. So it just seems like all these characters are just acting completely ridiculous for no reason. To gather some enjoyment from these films, you need to have... You have to suspend your disbelief to a certain extent. If you try and think about this realistically, it'll just disappoint you. It will make you want to die. Twice. Do you think the story's better or worse than the first? I mean, really, it, it doesn't do much that the first movie did. It's not improvement, but it's not really a decline either. I'd, give it, kind of, I'd give it half a point lower. I mean, it's just barely worse, but it's... It's too similar to be graded very differently. 5.5. I, I'll do 5.25. 5.25, mark it down. All right. Characters. The president's terrible. The characters are all the same except for um, the president. Uh, Ben's mom is new. And then you got the bad Her guy. dialogue with the dad is horrible. She's like, you didn't pick up this five years ago on the airplane. And I'm like, nobody does that. Like, why, why? No one begins a conversation by bringing up an argument from 30 years ago. Or, or whatever. Nobody has ever done that. Ever. Even I wouldn't do that. And I'm me. I hold grudges for long periods of you time. You do hold grudges, don't you? I do. And... 
the bad guy is basically the same as the first one, only like 20 years older. His name's Mitch. I didn't care about the bad guy. I couldn't tell you what he looked like. He's a rich old white guy who can hire gunmen. Is he bald? Uh, he's balding. Yeah. I just don't get it. I just don't get this He movie. has even less character than the first bad guy. Now, Nick Cage does have that pretty cool scene where he argues with, with Abigail. In London? When he pretends to be drunk? It's awesome. Yeah, I don't really get the points of that scene, but I guess it was mildly entertaining. It, it was just to show that Nick Cage can still be Nick Cage. It's poor British people. Poor me, watching this movie. Hey, you picked this movie. I did. But it was kind of fun. Sometimes you got to talk about stuff you don't like. This is, this is true. Check out my tweets. I do that all the time. Do you tweet about this movie? No, about things I don't like. Oh, you do do that. At Cody Straley, WV. <laughs> Had to get the Twitter handle out there. But of course. All right. Any thoughts on the characters? Oh, the president's bad. The mom is whatever. She's just there to get kidnapped. Abigail's the same. Riley's still terrible. Um, Riley has no good character moments in this movie either. I don't think any character had any further development from the first movie. They're just static. And the new characters don't add anything new. I would agree. <sighs> Notice how I sound like exhausted talking about these movies. Is this an exhausting experience for you, Mr. Billups? They hurt me. They hurt you. They hurt me to my soul. I could have found a better use of my time, admittedly. At least we've got some fun movies coming up. I finally am talking about National Treasure. I'm finally getting out of the way. This is my swan song. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really gotten to talk about movies I don't like that much. I mean, except like weird sequels like... The Killer Tomatoes Strike Back. <laughs> Best film ever made. Killer Tomatoes Strike Back. Anyway. The characters. I give it a five. Um, I'm going to give it a five. Because the president makes me hate it. I just don't think the characters are different enough from the first movie to warrant a higher or lower score. Well, maybe a marginally lower score, but definitely not a higher score. What do you think about the action? I think this one just had one brief gunfight. There was in one London. car chase. Yeah, in London, which you, it's hard to do a good car chase in London. Yeah. Because you're driving off the left side of the road. Sure. I'm also going to argue. This movie is a lot more dialogue-based. There's like... Oh, I think about it. There's a lot less action. I mean, the action where like, they find the city with like... I remember the action with the city and the flooding being kind of cool. Kind of? I mean, it's... I wasn't too impressed with it. And the city... The treasure really was a big letdown compared to the first movie. The treasure I mean, of the first one's really cool. I mean, this quote-unquote city of gold is just like one temple and a couple stone structures made out of gold. There's no 
it's not a city. It's kind of just like a, a large cavern thing. I don't even know what the point of it was. They never discuss exactly what the city was for. It's just, oh, they just built an underground city made out of gold. Of course! Because they wanted to. Because the president rattled off numbers to Nicolas Cage like he was mem- like he was literally prepping for Nick Cage to show up. Like he was the old man in the cave in The Legend of Zelda for NES, ready to tell him it's dangerous to go alone. Take, Take this. sword. 9643-217-7J46W. And there's no way he could have mem- the numbers memorized. I mean, how often does he go to look at that book? I don't remember what I ate for lunch today, Cody. I couldn't have remembered those numbers. I think I had a biscuit and three pieces of bacon. For lunch? I mean, for breakfast. Oh, Sorry. I don't eat breakfast. I'm not a sadist. Um, That's sad. What did I eat for lunch? Oh, I had Taco Bell. I had a hot dog, an apple, granola bar, a stick of cheese, and pineapple cheese. Did you pack that? No, I didn't have work today. Fun fact, I don't work on Thursdays. It's a weird day to be off. It is. Pineapple juice sounds really good right now. It's all right. It's so good, dude. Big glass of it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sounds amazing right now. I'm so thirsty. It's hot in this house. It is quite warm in here. But this is our last episode in this house, probably. Tragic. A 19... I want to say 1920s, 1930s era house on Main Street in Cerrito, owned by a former mayor. It's mildly historic. It's got nice ceiling beams. 70s era carpet. Faux brick wall. I do not know why I'm describing it. The house has already been sold, so there's no point in me advertising it. Of course. Okay. Okay. The action... I give like a four. Um, three and a half. Okay. Big boy seven five. Now let's see if this movie can make up the last bit with intrigue. Yes. Okay. Let me start this by saying this. This movie, at least, tries to give you a different perspective. You know, it starts off on a darker note. Nick Cage is down on his luck. He lost the girl. He lost the money. Lost the house. I would have rather it be that Nick Cage was in like prison than like he got out when the movie started. That would have been that'd been, be fun. Would have been awesome. But instead, him and Riley just lost the money, and now they're going back at it. And the only reason they lost the money is so the plot couldn't be them buying things. Kind of like Ghostbusters 2. I do really like Ghostbusters <laughs> 2. Do. Re. Egon. Dude, you know. <laughs> you know. Um. It's interesting up to a certain point. Like, the second one. You know, I like the fact it's like we got to get the mom and then the mom helps and all this stuff. But I feel like that for all the ambition it had, it didn't do enough with it for me to warrant its existence. I agree. I feel like they tried to make it a whole lot bigger, especially with the whole European side quest. Like they actually went to another country in this movie. Two countries. France and the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. But it just didn't work. I mean... 
It just didn't feel as big as it was supposed to be. Does it make sense? I mean, they throw in America, the Confederacy, Native Americans, the British, the French, try to give it a whole international espionage intrigue thing. And it just it doesn't, it didn't really mesh well. Who are you texting, Mr. Billups? Sorry. Like, I... Guys, watching these movies is a little draining. Draining? Mm-hmm. In a marathon. Oh, you watched them side by side, didn't you? I, I would not recommend... I wouldn't recommend that. And that's not good. Like... If you wait two years in between watching the first one and this one, this one almost tries to make you feel nostalgic for the first one. Does that make sense? A little bit. It yeah. does. Being like, man, I remember that from the first one. But when you watch it back to back, you're like, oh, I remember that from an hour ago. It's the same thing. It is. It's so bad. But at least you get multiple things. City of Gold. Abraham Lincoln. Any movie with Abraham Lincoln in it is a little bit better. Intrigue's better than the first, but I'd give the Intrigue a six. You give the Intrigue for this one a six? Mm -hmm. I give it a little bit... I, I give it a four, actually. <laughs> I, I give it a four. I mean, they were ambitious, but they didn't pull it off right. If that makes any sense to our viewers, our listeners... So five. That would be a five. I'm just, and I hate people that like this movie. I hate. Excuse me. I hate me. being mean to people that like this movie. I hate. I mean, I don't like the sequel one bit. I don't like it either. That's the thing. I don't like. If you like the sequel better than the first, fine, great. Even though this is the truth, like we're spitting facts here. What's the score? All right, nineteen out of forty. That is bad. An F. Okay, guys. On the teacher's scale. I'm sorry if you watched these, this podcast and said, I want to hear about how much they love National Treasure. Look, if you are wondering movies that I think are like National Treasure but better, number one. Think carefully before you answer. Movies that are like National Treasure with – okay. They're not going to be historical. That's the problem. Nothing mm. I say is going to be historical. See, I'm, this is for the historian. I'm going to say something like Die Hard. I was thinking more Pirates of the Caribbean. Ooh, that's not bad. I mean, they come from the same strain. Pirates of the Caribbean is not a bad pick. Um, Fast and Furious. You did make that comparison. What about... Even something like... Uh, the Kingsmen? There's no, a few of those, aren't there? Yeah, there's two. I was going to say seven. Because it's a lot of finding clues and trying to get mm. one person down. With two charismatic leads of... Ooh, ooh, uh, Jason Bourne. The Bourne movies. In fact, I don't like Jason Bourne. Me neither, but it's kind of satisfying to watch sometimes. I don't know. When they can't stop shaking the camera long enough for me to see who's who. This is true. Yeah. Um, I'd also say... What's another good mystery film? Mystery, mystery, mystery. Like one film or a series? How about... Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Hey, it's a good Hollywood That's pairing. a pretty good film. Have you seen that movie? 
I have not. It's pretty good. It shows on the channel FX like every 15 minutes. Of course. What are your overall thoughts about this franchise? You feeling good? First one's the best, by the way. Of course. First one is much better. And I thought I was going to like the second one better when, and within the first 20 minutes. Really? Mm -hmm. I really did. Interesting. Um, I mean, th these movies, you don't learn much from them. There's not much to leave a lasting impression on you. It's just fodder for the eyes. Something you can watch to kill time and not much else besides that. It's fun for some historians if you can get over all the inaccuracies and the archival missteps. It's a good movie for historians to make fun of. You know, I could sit down with my small cadre of history friends and just mock the movie for the entire What is night. that good? I mean, for box office concerns that is not good because historians are a small people group mm-hmm 100% well guys National Treasure 1 is better than 2 if you want to check out these movies they're on Disney Plus uh, watch them with caution they're interesting uh, kind of boring but they get the point across they kill a few hours they do next week it's actually, I'm unsure of. It was going to be Halloween Town, but unfortunately, Caitlin had a family emergency, so it's going to be changed last minute, and I don't even know yes. what it is. Rocky will be back next week for a replacement episode, so we'll see Ooh. what that is. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll see. Um, follow Reheater Repeat on Instagram at Reheater Repeat. Follow me on Twitter at the Comic Kid. You're pointing at me. Yes. Oh, I can advertise. Follow me at Cody Strilly, WV on Twitter. And that's about it. All right. Also, you got any questions? Want to tell me how much you love this movie and you think I'm a terrible host? Reheat or repeat at gmail.com. Email us any suggestions. Ooh, we're serious. We have an email. Address We've had now. one since the beginning. Sweet. All right. Oh, National Treasure 2, it's a repeat. We already said Oh, it's that, a huge repeat. It, yeah. It, like scene by scene repeat. Uh -huh. Like the Psycho remake from 98. <laughs> we'll get to that in Yes. October. October? Yes. Yeah. yeah. In, in case, since if you made it to the end of the episode, Mr. Cody Straley is returning in October to do the Psycho franchise. I look forward to a little, it. A little treat if you stayed to the end of the episode. All right. We'll see you next week on Reheat or Repeat. Give it a try. Give it a buy. Give it a review from one to five. Let's find out what sequels to see. Reheat.